In episode 418, I am joined by my beautiful husband and we are sharing all of our tips and tricks on how to live a toxic-free life. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my beautiful friend? My fourth book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. Number one, New York Times bestselling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author Gabby Bernstein said, since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. Head to comparisonitis.com or Amazon to get your copy today. Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because I have my beautiful husband back on the show with us, and we are diving deep into how to live a toxic-free life. We are answering all of your questions, and we are covering every area from food, water, cleaning products, beauty and body products, EMFs, baby products, plus so much more. And we are giving you all of our tips and tricks and secrets. And you can find everything in the show notes. And that's at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 418. And now let's dive in. Welcome back, friends. We are so excited that you're here. You have both of us today. She's looking at me to say something. I yeah, like something enlightening. I like didn't, I didn't realize that was a cue. <laughs> she looked at me so serious. I'm like, have I done something wrong? <laughs> you meant to say, hey, guys. Hi, guys. We are back and we're so excited to share with you today about how to live a toxic-free life. This is a really big topic and something we get asked a lot about. So we're going to cover how to do this in your home environment, which include your food, water, cleaning products, body products. We're going to chat about EMFs and even baby products. So let's first talk about where toxins are hidden or not so hidden in our food, babe. Well, I think, first of all, anything that's in a packet, you know, have to look at that very closely because to make it shelf-stable, they need to add things to it, and they're all toxins, essentially. So if you want to break it down and make it as simple as possible, you want things in their whole food form, not in a packet, right? So then you know you're getting the cleanest available food source. Now, that might sound obvious, but it's very easy to fall into that sort of trap or, okay, well, I feel like some ice cream, so I'm going to go and get some plant-based ice cream, and like you know, it's healthy because it's plant-based, and 
but it's got flavors and this and that and that gum and blah, 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 blah. So it can creep in really easily. And we did actually go through a little phase recently, didn't we, darling, of having a bit of ice cream? I don't even like ice cream. Yeah, but we were making this thing called a crownie. Oh. It's a name that I sort of made up because it's just a cross between like a cookie and a brownie. It was so good. With oh ice cream gosh. on top, like salted caramel ice cream. And of course, you know, salted caramel ice cream, how can you make that without lots of not as healthy stuff? Although, Koyo do a very clean salted caramel. They do. They do. So I think when it comes to your food, you need to be thinking no pesticides, no herbicides, no GMOs. And one of the best ways that you can avoid this is by shopping at your local farmer's market. I feel like I've said this 1,000 times, but it's so important. If you're not shopping at your local farmer's markets, you're not supporting your local farmers, but you're also probably not eating in season. And when you go to the supermarket and you buy things in plastic, you know, we just want to avoid that as much as possible. A lot of the things in plastic, you know how they put like three apples in a plastic bag. I don't know why they do that, but they're often sprayed in those plastic bags. So we really want to avoid that. And you want to get to the farmers as often as you possibly can weekly. It's a lot cheaper than shopping in major supermarkets. But just think about eating local and as spray-free as possible. That is so important. If you want to live a toxic-free life, this is a really low-hanging fruit. Mm. I feel like a lot of people, they want this supplement and they want this and that. And they want to do like all of these biohacking things, but they're still eating chemical laden food. I'm like, this is a really great place to start is just make sure that what you're eating on a daily basis is chemical free. It's really simple. Mm. I think as well that it's easy to think, well, you know, I live in a city and I don't live rural or access to farmer's markets. Well, you know, we lived in Bondi for many, many years. It's a big city. And always went to the Bondi markets and they've got great produce there. And we got to know the farmers so well. And if they weren't farmers, there were people who brought in the produce from different farmers and they knew the source of their food and asked the right questions. Because for me personally, I'm a much bigger fan of spray-free produce as opposed to organic produce. We even went to some of the farms to suss it out, which was really cool. And if you chat to your farmers, most of them will invite you out. Yeah, and I think as well, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, <laughs> coming from me, that's rich, because I actually feel uncomfortable asking these questions, so I get Melissa. Why do you feel uncomfortable? Is your bad boy saying, you can't ask questions, Nick? It's I, putting people out? Yeah, something to do with putting people out or making... You know what it is? What? I'm, like, so kind that I don't want to make people feel bad. So he makes me ask. I'm the one that's like, okay, so where does this come from? How is the soil produced and what's in your soil? Like I'm the one that asks a million questions. Well, some of those questions and one that gets missed a lot, I think, is, okay, is this spray free? Yes. Awesome. That's, that's great. How about around the base of the tree? Let's say it's apples or something. Do you spray anything around the base of the tree? No. Awesome. That's so cool. How about any other plants or crops nearby? Do you spray any of those plants? Or do you do have any weed control that's being sprayed anywhere on the property? Because spray-free might mean the actual thing you're eating wasn't sprayed, but the property might still be sprayed. Mm. So you do need to ask that question because you'd be surprised how often 
it comes back with, oh, no, we don't spray that, but we do such and such. Like we don't spray the strawberries, but we'll spray the blueberries. You need to ask these questions and you have every single right to ask these questions. And another thing that you can ask, which we learned about a year ago, is that bananas get injected. We've got a banana guy at our market. And, you know, when we first discovered him, we said, do you inject your bananas? And they said, no, which is great. But, you know, you need to have these conversations. You deserve to know what is being sprayed, what chemicals are potentially being sprayed or injected into your food. Because this is also where a lot of allergens come from, from these toxic sprays. And it's really not good for us. And even just a little bit, but a little bit every day adds up to a lot. Mm. Even if you go, for example, we get a lot of our dry goods at different bulk whole foods and read the labels because for a while I was buying our legumes like lentils and beans and peas and stuff and I just assumed it was organic but it wasn't because some things are organic and some aren't so he was buying yeah organic ones and then let's say like azuki beans which you know it's kind of hard to find organic azuki beans that aren't packaged in plastic for example so I was buying them from there then I was like hang on are these even organic and then when you look up glyphosate spraying some of the heaviest crops for glyphosate spraying are legumes. Mm. So, and don't forget nuts and seeds and all that sort of stuff. So just be really mindful of that. There are some things we'd eat that may have been sprayed. We try not to, but avocado at a pinch, we will get conventional avocado if we can't find something. Like if we're traveling and we cannot find any because they have that thicker skin. But ideally, no, we always try and get spray-free if we can. And macadamias, we have in the past bought conventional macadamias because they've got such a thick shell around them. But we have found organic recently, which is good. And this is where you can look up the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. I mean, I personally would just go all spray-free, but if you really want to look that up, you can look up what is in the Dirty Dozen and what is in the Clean 15. And we can link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out. And it, it sort of surprises me because there's always this comment that, oh, eating organic or plant-based, whatever is expensive. Well, it's so not expensive. First of all, one of the staples of the world is rice and beans, and literally they're the cheapest things. They're only cheap, but then when you look at, say, red meat, for example, red meat has, it's actually really expensive to produce, but the government supports that and makes it less expensive. So just be mindful that if you're going to the markets, I promise you, you're going to save money, right? We always are shocked how much we spend at the markets. And somebody asked us that recently on an episode. We'll tell you that I did a shop at our favorite stall and I added it up this last week. It was a lot, wasn't it? It was three huge baskets of food and it was $130. And that's like a lot of plants, like a lot. It's like a whole whole week, which is amazing. Two fridges full for $130, Mm -hmm. right? And check out local co-ops as well. Because there are co-ops that say my parents are part of a co-op. We used to be part of it. My sister, we just enjoy going to the markets actually and choosing our so own fun. produce. <laughs> and it's love. a social event for us. Yeah, all our friends are there. And But my parents, my sister, I'm not too sure exactly how much they're saving, but I will tell you other people in the same co-op have said it's like a third of their usual grocery bill. Mm, that's amazing. And it's all organic. It's so good. This is a really low-hanging fruit and I want to encourage you to 
just start to ask questions about the chemicals that are sprayed on your food. The next question that we got from you guys was, do you wash your organic food products? And we 100% wash everything before we use it in clean filtered water. And that is mainly because it could have been dropped on the floor or at the markets, it could have been dropped in a bit of uh, dog poo or something like that. So you do just want to, unless you're growing it yourself in your own backyard and you know that the tomatoes have just been picked and your soil is the best soil that you have, you can eat it, sure. But I'm like, what if that fell off the truck and landed in some dog poo and now I'm eating that carrot? So yes, we do wash all of our products, even when they are spray-free and organic. Another question we get asked a lot is toxic-free cooking Mm. appliances. So like pots and pans and things like that. That is a hidden toxin in a lot of homes. So a lot of pots and pans and utensils have toxic coatings on them that as soon as you cook or you eat off, you're basically eating that. If you've not thought about this, this is a really big area where you can start to look at all of the things in your kitchen and maybe for your next birthday, ask your family or friends to buy you some toxic-free pots and pans. But let's tell them what we use. Yes, we have a mix. So our pots are stainless steel. Their scan pan is the brand we use. But any good, decent stainless steel company is fine. There's a certain grade of stainless steel you want to look for. Just look for really high-grade stainless steel. So they're great, but make sure it's 100% because sometimes they coat other things in stainless steel and that can still leach through from beneath. So we use that for our pots. Our pans are Neoflam. Love that company. Fantastic company, Neoflam. And they work so well. We have two baking trays that are by Neoflam and two fry pans. And we use the baking trays like they're going out of fashion, man. Multiple times a day. And this is another thing which is really, really important. Whenever you cook something and you get any sort of brown coloration on it, that brown color is carcinogenic. So I'm not saying don't always have it. But it is just, it's carcinogenic. It is carcinogenic. So Just, just know that. But do we sometimes cook some Brussels sprouts and make them really yummy and brown and crispy? Yes, we do. But as a staple, we steam. So I think in terms of low tox, how you cook is huge because the other part of that is oil. Yes, but let's just talk about that first, steaming. You know, we do a lot of steaming. So frying is going to be a little bit more toxic for your body. Steaming, a lot more, yeah, a lot more. So steaming is probably one of the best ways or boiling. We steam every single day. It's definitely the best way to cook your vegetables. And Melissa likes her veggies like really, really, really steamed. I like like soft broccoli and cauliflower where Nick likes them like crunchy, like yeah. like an apple. Yeah, because then <laughs> I know I like I them get when it. they're bright green and you like them when they're like dark. No, I get it. You like to keep all the nutrients in there, but like for me, I just like it a bit soft. I like to be able to put my fork in it. Yeah, but don't you think we just spoke about asking the farmers all the questions about the produce and all right and like retaining the nutrients. And then I we get just it. go and crucify it. I'm not crucifying it. I'm just steaming it a no. few more minutes. You're crucifying okay, it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but we don't cook with oil very often. I will say I've got into a bit of a habit of doing Brussels sprouts lately in the pan with olive oil. 
but that's I don't a eat new those thing. because I don't cook that's olive oil with in high temperatures because yeah. it becomes carcinogenic. So you can have your Brussels sprouts in your carcinogenic oil. Olive oil is not carcinogenic. Well, when you fry it, it. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it oxidizes, right? So it's definitely, definitely far from ideal. And yes. Coconut oil is a good oil to cook with or a little bit of water, guys. Look, if you want to set the bar really high, you're going to have a raw salad or you're going to steam your vegetables and then you're good. You're sweet, right? So that's another huge way people get toxins in their body is simply by the way they're cooking. So that's something else to think about. So any other appliances? Oh, you know, we have a Vitamix, which is BPA-free. So that's another thing you want to look at if you are buying appliances, blenders and things like that. You want to make sure that they're BPA-free and drinking out of glass. Try not to drink out of plastic. There's another like thing as well. What about baking paper? Oh, yes. There's this amazing brand called Seed and Sprout, and they have like a Silicon. Silicon baking paper, like a reusable one, which is amazing. Just wipe it down and reuse it. Mm. I'll link to it in the show notes. When we do use baking paper, it's a brown parchment paper that has no treatment on it. No bleach. Not bleach. It has no waxes. So that's what we tend to stick with. But if you go for a conventional baking paper... It's usually white. Well, a lot of them actually have BPA on them. Yeah. So I'll link to the one we've got. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. and. It's the brand that's like in every health food shop. Yeah. So you just want to make sure it's bleach-free baking paper or get this reusable silicon pad, which is so amazing because it's way better for the environment. Just to clarify, not just bleach-free because Maltics, for example, Maltics, that big brand, they do like a bleach-free, but it still has other stuff on it, I think. So read, 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 read. Make sure all of your utensils and your kitchen equipment is as toxic-free as possible. One little tip as well. One of the best foods you can really have is soup, right? Because it's just so nourishing for the body. And if you have a Vitamix or a blender, you can just throw that in there raw and blend it until it's warm or hot without having to even cook it in the first place. When you do that, they're so delicious. They're amazing. You can just do literally like butternut pumpkin, ginger, lemon juice, salt, and some coconut cream, for example, or a bit of coconut water and coconut cream or coconut milk. Just blend that until it's warm or even hot, and it's so good. Yum. It's amazing. Silky smooth, and it retains all of its goodness. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, next question. Let's talk about supplements, because not all supplements are created equal. A lot of them have a lot of junk in them. Mm. Chemicals, sugar, high fructose corn syrup, etc. So let's talk about what are some things we can look for when it comes to supplements and protein powders that can support our body so that we're not ingesting more toxins? Yeah, personally, I've gone through phases of protein powders. I'm definitely not as big a fan as I used to be. I think if I was going to have one now, it would just be a single ingredient protein powder like a hemp protein, for example or brown rice, fermented brown rice, or sprouted brown rice protein. Generally, if you are into creating muscle, people tend to stick with a bit of a blend of like a hemp, a a pea, and a brown rice for the amino acid profile. But for me personally, I have found it way more effective to take amino acids, to be honest. What are amino acids for people who are like, what are they? 
Well, in a nutshell, layman's terms. Yeah, there are there are nine essential amino acids our body doesn't make that we have to get from somewhere else. Okay, and we get them from our food. There's this big sort of misconception that in plant based living you have to make sure each meal has a balanced thing of different aminos. It's like no, you don't. Your body is so intelligent. If you just eat a very balanced plant based diet or plant centric diet, and you're getting enough calories you're going to get all the amino acids you need over a period of time. It's just like not even a thing at all. It's been sort of myth-busted, that one. But there are amino acids we need to get from our diet, obviously readily available in animal products like meat, fish, etc. And the amino acid sort of profile changes from each protein source. But the one that I take is called Perfect Aminos. And I also have the creator of this product, Perfect Aminos, Dr. John Laurent's coming on the show soon, which is super exciting because honestly, guys, I'm so hesitant to ever recommend a supplement because I think we should always focus on whole foods. Ideally, you know, we want to be getting everything from our food. But there are times. So if you have compromised gut function, like if you have malabsorption, then I've gone through times in my life where I absolutely needed supplementation because I just wasn't breaking the food down properly. I wasn't extracting the nutrients from it. So that's one time. Pregnancy? Possibly. Mm. I mean, I think that's... You need to test. It's it's it's, up for debate. I I think, personally, I think you could have gone through the entire thing with zero supplementation, but we didn't really want to, I don't want to say risk that, but I don't know. We felt more comfortable taking a few basic things like Like iron iron and like a plant-based iron and stuff like that. So yes, I'm a huge fan of not taking any supplements, but this one particular supplement has had such a big impact on my life that I just feel like I need to speak about it. So it's a blend of eight amino acids. You don't need the ninth one because two of these ones actually make that ninth one. And if you look at things like glutathione in the body, which is super important for detoxification, which we're talking about low-tox living, right? Glutathione is made from amino acids. So when you have amino acids in your body, readily available, your body just functions really well, right? And protein, of course, is one of the harder things to break down. Now, what are we trying to get when we eat protein? Our body's trying to break that down, whether it's meat or beans or nuts and seeds, doesn't matter what it is, broccoli. It's breaking it down to extract lots of things, but also to get the building blocks, which are the amino acids. So this particular blend is based off this, it used to be a patented ratio of amino acids that's come off patent and now a few companies are making it. They do it their own way, but this one I've found really effective. And I take uh, probably 30 a day actually, because I'm training. So I have 10 before, 10 during and 10 after. And I found that's been so powerful for me, not just for muscle mass, but for just the way I feel in general. I just feel so much more vital and so much stronger. And wouldn't you say you've noticed a huge I mean, from the time Bambi was born, I started taking these maybe week four. Mm. What would you say yeah, the change has de- been for me? Definitely been huge changes, whole body transformation. But, you know, it's not for everyone. And you need to, I highly recommend with supplements, you do your research and you ask the company and you email them and you ask. And before you take anything, you get blood tests and you work out whether you actually need iron or whatever it is. Mm, And I think as well, like defining what is a supplement. For example, if I pull some ashwagandha powder out of the cupboard and put it in my smoothie, 
that's not a supplement to me. That's a whole food or some spirulina or some chlorella. We're talking about other things here. Maca, you know, all these things are whole foods. Pine pollen powder I've been having lately. Yeah, they're more like superfoods. They're superfoods, right? So supplements in a nutshell. Read the label. Because you can you can see like, hey, this one's got magnesium stearate in it. Well, look that up. What is that? What is it? What's the risk factor of that? There's an app called Think Dirty. You can look up all these sorts of things. So just look up your supplements and make sure they're they're clean. I mean, what else can I really say? Because I can't summarize all the different things they put in supplements. If you're going to take supplements, go for the cleanest, but only take them if you really need it. And ideally, just go for a really beautiful, broad-spectrum diet that gets everything. And if you're looking for performance in your life, if you're feeling depleted, maybe explore the perfect aminos. Yeah, love it. Someone has asked about composting, composting system for homes. Mm. This is kind of like not really a low-tox living question, but it's... Oh, no, it's, it's, it's a zero waste. I think that ties in. Yes. 100%. So let's talk about that. Mm. Love this topic. I think it's such a shame that certainly in our country, this is not actually educated much at all. I feel like every home should have a composting bin. Oh, it's not. Every yeah, it's like, single it home. It should be compulsory. It should be law. Like we have the normal waste and then we have recycling bins. Mm-hmm. So why do we not have a third one, which is composting? Well, okay. That's a good question. And the reason for that is because if everyone just starts throwing food scraps into a bin, right, and it's not the right sort of bin, it's going to still ferment. Oh, no, I didn't mean like just a normal bin. I meant like we have like a third place for our composting. Yeah, so in your home or in a, an apartment block. mm Hundred percent should be compulsory. I know in it's every such a single shame. home, every single apartment block. Because when you take your food scraps, whether it's vegetables or animal products, whatever it is, and you put it in with the general rubbish, it doesn't break down properly, and it creates greenhouse gases. Right, so it's just literally a waste because that could just be going in a separate bin into a compost and breaking down into something that's useful. And you know what? It's so simple. Composting is really simple, guys. Because you do it all the time, don't you? Well, you do it. That's that's, nah. that's part of your bin's job. It is. That's not a me job, but it's really simple. And before we had a composting bin, because where we live, we're in like a block and we didn't know whether we were even allowed to get one, but we just asked all the other owners and they were happy to do it, which was great. But before that, we found this website. What was the name of that website? Where Share Waste or something? Share Waste. That's mm. it. We'll link to it in the show notes. And basically, these are other people in your area. So you can type, you know, where you live that want your compost. So you can drop your compost off to them, which yeah. is amazing. And lots of people need compost. So it's a very simple thing that you can do that makes a huge difference to the environment toxins. Mm, sharewaste.com it is. We did use that for a little while, but I was driving like 15 minutes to drop off compost. And I thought that's kind of defeating the purpose. So then we got our own bins, which is great. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's such a great thing to do. So in terms of what compost bin, because I can see that question, go to your local hardware, like in Australia, it'd be Bunnings, for example whatever your big sort of hardware place is in your country and there should be a selection and just choose the one that fits your space. There's bench top ones that are really little, which we'd fill probably, we'd fill in half a day. 
No less. We'd fill that with our morning juice. Yeah, well, that's that's pulp. It's a bit less, but because we're fully plant-based, like you think of banana skins and sweet potato skin or whatever it is, there's a lot, actually. It's pretty amazing. You eat a pawpaw or a pineapple and you cut the top of the pineapple off. It's like, mm. there's a lot of stuff that comes out. But if you treat it properly, it breaks down. So choose the one that's size appropriate. And what you want to do, I didn't know this, such a good tip. You do a mix of roughly 50-50 brown matter with compost. So all that means is if you put in a bin full of compost, you put in the same amount of brown matter. Brown matter is just dry leaves. That you can pick up from next to the composting bin. Yeah. And so what that does is it kind of gives the whole thing a bit of volume and, and air and allows the microorganisms to freely move around and break everything down. Because if you start putting just like lots of fruit and veg stuff on top of each other, it just becomes like a big sludge ball and smells more. (laughs) In summer, it's so cool. When you open up the compost, there'll be like an inch thick on top of maggots. And when you open it, you hear this... Babe, you're turning people off with composting. No, because it's it's life, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's fascinating to watch. You're like, oh my gosh, like there's this whole world in there living, doing its thing. And it's something that we started and it wouldn't be there without us. It's just really fascinating. Love it. It's so cool. Next question on this kind of theme is about your juice fast. So let's just touch on this quickly because... We got a lot of questions about detoxification, which is generally something we need to do if we want to live a toxic-free life because we're exposed to toxins every day from pollution in the air, things like that. But you did a juice fast for 30 days to detox your body, which we'll talk about. Tell us a little bit about this. This could be a whole episode, but just a little bit about this juice fast and how it fits into living a toxic-free life. Yeah, I think I probably do need to do a full episode on this because it's such a big topic. It sounds like, oh yeah, juice fast. How big a topic can that be? It's like, it's really, really deep and really, really juicy. And you, juicy? Juicy. <laughs> you were also doing colonics at the same time. You were doing infrared saunas at the same time. So you did like a very deep, intense 30-day detox, but it wasn't just about the physical, was it? I did like three months lead up to it, fully raw, a whole bunch of stuff, right? So look, I I think to do it justice, I need to do a proper episode on it, but let's just talk about daily detoxification in general. I think that's more important because we have to remember the world we live in, we are getting more toxins than we were ever designed for. And we do need to find ways every day to help the body to remove that. And it's not rocket science, right? So for example, walking 10,000 steps, because our lymphatic system, so important, only works off muscular skeletal contraction, basically moving your body. That's how it pumps. If you don't move when you're sitting down working, it's just stagnant, right? It's like a cesspool. It's just like not moving. And because we're taking in so much and the air we breathe and the water and our food, even if you eat at farmers markets, we're going to be picking up stuff from the environment regardless. Petrol, fumes. Yeah. You walk past someone who's smoking, you walk past Petrol, someone who's I mean, perfume. Yeah, perfume. Oh my gosh, I get knocked in the face with that. Mm-hmm. We're exposed to it unless you live on some property and you never leave your property. Still, you know, there's chemtrails and things like that. You will be exposed. 
Yeah, so we need to have just daily practices. So you can do it very inexpensively, if not free. So walking, drinking clean water, lymph-dry body brushing. If you have a sauna at home, amazing, because sweating is just so, so powerful. Jumping on a trampoline or a rebounder or just jumping up and down on the spot, skipping. One really powerful one that's very inexpensive is just having a hot bath with Epsom salts because you sweat your balls off in those things. (laughs) Maybe not your balls off, but you sweat. And that's a really powerful way to detox as well. And I don't like to do that every single day personally. I feel like it's too much for my system if I get into hot Epsom salt bath every day. I love it. But these are just really simple things we can do. And just having a little bit of a protocol for yourself just to make sure you are doing something for the body. You can get into clinics and enemas and all sorts of fancy stuff if you want to, but you really don't need to. You just need to have, actually, my gosh, this is part of the conversation of the juice fast, but elimination, right? Because let's talk about compost, right? When your food sits around for too long, it starts to rot and goes gross and stinks, right? It's the same as our body. If we're not dumping that stuff out of our bodies regularly, that's what's happening inside us. We've got to take the trash out. So healthy elimination, actually... mm. You need to be going once a day, at least. Oh, gosh. Like I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently. He's like, how many times do you go? (laughs) I'm like, well, like four or five times a day. That's goals. And he's like, me too. (laughs) I've always had good good movement. Yeah, it's not like they're diarrhea or anything. Like it's normal bowel movements. Eat some food, go to the toilet. Well, you know, a lot of research I've done says... If you eat three meals a day, you should be going three times a day. 100%. So if you aren't going at least once a day, I would look at that. I would look at your detoxification pathways. And also, there's no point. Well, there is a point. But, you know, if you're doing all of these detox things and you're dry body brushing and you're saunering and you're rebounding and you're Epsom salt bathing, you're doing all those things, but then you're eating chemical laden produce, like really, you're kind of like. I don't know if anyone would do If you're doing that stuff, would you really do it? Possibly, possibly. Yeah, maybe drinking a bit of alcohol or whatever. But the point is that elimination. Very important. It's got to come out. You've got to clean. I think it's number one. Yeah. Think of the stagnation. Like, just to give you an idea, guys, day 30, juice fast, multiple bowel movements, still. Wow. And I hadn't eaten anything for 30 days. Wow. So just think of that. And I was lean going into it. And it still kept coming out. And my gosh, there's a photo of me on day 26 sucking my stomach in from the side, the side profile. And literally, there was nothing in there anymore. Like, well, there was a little bit because I was still having bowel movements. But actually, that's a good point. I was so thin. I could suck my tummy in. Like, you could almost like touch my spine from the front, right? And still had bowel movements. So here's a little guide for you. Wake up in the morning, lie on your back, your belly button should be sitting lower than the points of your hips. Hip bones. Mm. Quite a bit lower. If it's level or higher, then you're full of shit. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And honestly, I would say 99% of people listening to this are full of shit because I was and I've considered myself pretty healthy. Well, very Mm. healthy, actually. Very healthy. So, yep. That's very interesting. So maybe you should definitely do an episode on that because it was a really big spiritual assignment for you. You did a lot of detoxing of your thoughts and your mindset, which is also part of this conversation, but... Don't give too much away. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's wait for that for another episode. So everything that you need to think about and ponder on when it comes to food, 
Another area where there are a lot of hidden toxins is in our water. And we've spoken about this so many times, but you really do need to make sure that you're drinking clean, filtered water. This is huge. And showering in it because your skin is your largest organ. Whatever you put on your skin gets absorbed straight into your bloodstream. So if you are showering in non-filtered water and it's hot, you are just not only breathing in all of that chlorine, but your skin is drinking the fluoride, the chlorine, and anything else that's in there. So ask your partner or gift this to yourself for your next birthday or Christmas. Get a water filtration system on your whole home. We've got some hydrogen health, which I can link to in the show notes. And if you use the code Melissa, you can get 20% off. They have incredible travel water bottles and travel filters, and then also shower filters that you can put on your home, under your kitchen sink. And then they've got a benchtop filtration system, which is amazing. So we travel with these. Whenever we're traveling, we take the travel shower filter and we put it on. You just need a little spanner and we put it on wherever we go, hotels, any accommodation, so that we know that we are showering in clean water. It is so important, guys. Our body is made up of 75% water. And if you're going around just drinking water out of some random tap in a plastic bottle, you're not doing the best for your body. Mm. Those hydrogen health water bottles are just, I think, a staple. They're just so good. So good. And we're actually launching a new shop on this website soon. We'll have all these products in the shop, all separately listed, as well as one that I like, which is by Waters Co., I think it is. It's called the Mini, BMP Mini or something. It'll be in the shop. We'll link to it. It looks like a little, you know, those sort of benchtop filter things, little keg shape. It's like a mini version of that. Like I think it's six or 700 milliliters. And what we do when we're traveling is we pour water into that first filters it, then we pour it into our hydrogen health water bottle. So just getting, we're starting with the best possible water into our bottle, right? So you don't have to do that, but that's just something we do. Love those. They're really cool. We are water qualitarians because it just makes such a difference and you need to be drinking lots and lots of beautiful, clean, filtered water. Now let's move on to home because in our home, there are so many hidden toxins. And this is a big question that we got asked about how to create a toxic-free home and how to create a wellness sanctuary. And I feel like when we were building our dream home, that was something that we were very intentional about. We wanted to create a wellness sanctuary. We wanted our home to feel like a retreat. So all of the materials that we used from the paint We used lots of natural timbers and stone and marble and things like that. We wanted to use as many toxic-free materials as we possibly can. And one of the questions we got asked is, what are your thoughts on toxic-free paint? You did a lot of research into this. And just before you go into it, I just wanted to say that this toxic-free paint, which Nick will tell you about in a minute, smelt like lemon essential oil. It was so good. So I was walking down the driveway when our painter had started painting our house and I thought, oh, someone's diffusing some lemon essential oil. That's so nice. And then it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. stronger. And then I walked into our house 
And I thought, what is going on here? The paint is diffusing lemon essential oil. And then I realized it is the paint. So it is more expensive than conventional toxic paint, but I mean, it's your body, it's your health. I think what probably doesn't get discussed so much is, for example, when you paint a house and you can smell that fresh paint smell, obviously that's very toxic. And then that sort of clears, you can't smell it anymore, but it off-gasses. I think I read something like 30 years or something. So just because you can't smell it doesn't mean it's not there. So we used a brand called BioPaint. It's amazing. It's just made out of literally things you get out of the ground pretty much. And it's beautiful because the house is white, so it's just easy to use. But you can tint it as well. With They have natural pigments they tint it with. But you can also get other major companies like Resene, that's R-E-S-E-N-E, and they do some very, very low VOC paints, which we've used, for example, in the common areas on our front door, things like that that needed a bit more tough like paint. So check out Resene. There's a particular range they do, which is very, very low VOC. It's really not that hard. And yes, that one's a tiny bit more expensive than normal paint, but not a lot more, certainly not enough to have you go and use traditional toxic paints. What about EMF paint? Because we thought about doing that, and this is something that people want to know about. So Mm. tell me about EMF paint. Why did we not do that? I didn't know a lot about it at the time, but when I did look into it, I spoke to someone who had done it, and it sounded hideously expensive and really challenging to use as a material. And so I'm sure it's probably evolved since then. It probably has. So I just do your research on EMF paints. If you live in an apartment block, if you're around a lot of Wi-Fi signals, like when you in a city. Yeah, if you look at like your Wi-Fi and it has like 50 different networks, then whatever protection you can get would be great. There is a really simple way to do it as well, which is quite pretty, which is a net. Mm. You know, like it looks like a mosquito net and it hangs over your bed. It's kind of soft and luxurious, but they do them in EMF protecting. They're actually quite expensive, a couple of grand, I think. We had some friends that had that and they had a big king bed and they co-slept. And so the husband and the wife and their two kids had this beautiful bed with this EMF net over it. And so it just meant that those eight hours whilst they were sleeping, they were fully protected. Even though they didn't put Wi-Fi on in their house, they lived in a city and you're getting zapped left, right, center, above, below, especially if you live in an apartment block. So check out, what was the brand? Do you remember? I don't remember, but we thought about getting one, but at that time we were renting and we couldn't drill into the roof to hang it. That's why we didn't do it. (laughs) But yeah, they're beautiful nets, EMF protecting nets. Just Google that. Yeah. So that is something that's very important to think about the toxic free paint and there's a lot of stuff when it comes to renovating a building there's so much stuff to like think glues. out the glues that we used in our tiling because we have natural stone all the way through our house and on the walls and yeah we used a type of glue that was low voc we used silicons that were low voc i mean some of these things are going to be toxic to a degree because otherwise they don't work but you can, there's always options right and some of these things stop off gassing once they've set for example So you just need to just every time something's going into your house, just ask the question, is there a better option than this? And Google it. And usually there is. Yeah, just Google like low-tox tile glue. Boom, it'll come up with options. Yeah. And some other things that you can do to create a toxic-free home, 
which we will dive more into in a moment, but using toxic-free products, whether that's cleaning products or body products, which we'll dive into, taking your shoes off before you enter your home. This is really important, a very simple thing to do, a very easy thing to do, a free thing to do, and it makes a big difference. We always take our shoes off in other people's homes, even if they don't, because it just feels so weird to walk into someone's house with shoes on. I just feel so rude. Especially with carpet. Yeah, it's gross. Mm. It's gross. I think about it. Like you're walking outside, you may step in dog wee or... Or you walk on a lawn. That's been sprayed with Roundup and you walk glyphosate into the house. That's true. And then the baby's crawling around and babies put everything in their mouth and they suck on everything. So that's another reason, especially if you have kids, take your shoes off and they're crawling around and then they lick their hands. It's really important. If you want a toxic-free home, take your shoes off. If you have a garden, for example, and you're not wanting to use any anything toxic in your garden. I applaud you for that. But if you walk past someone else's house, little tip for you, and you smell something that sort of smells like mothballs, right? That's Roundup. That's glyphosate. So we learned the hard way, didn't we? Yes. We learned the hard way with that one. Yeah. Copped a right mouthful of that once, which is probably still floating around my system. <laughs> it's not fun. Not fun. And you were pregnant too. So Yes. Just be really mindful of that smell. And if you see people like council workers spraying nature strips with anything, it's probably 99% going to be Roundup. Whenever I'm driving and if I see people spraying Mm. on the side of the road, literally put your windows up straight away and press the button that circulates the air in the car. So not having air come in and just, yeah, do not put those windows down whilst they're spraying because they're spraying toxic chemicals. If they're doing it near your home, ask them to not do that and speak to your council. You can actually, there's so much on this, like Cindy O'Meara, go to her. She has all the letters that you can send to the council to stop them spraying the playgrounds and the parks and the sporting fields and things like that. It's foul. So take your shoes off. Open your windows every single day. Open your windows, let in fresh air and let in the sunlight. Open the blinds, push back the curtains or get that fresh air in and circulate that air. It's really important to remove the stagnant energy and the stagnant air in your home. I read something recently that was super interesting about this. It was a statistic on why most deaths tend to happen in the bedroom, like when you're asleep. It's because of stale air. Wow. Yeah. When you sleep in less oxygen-rich environments, think about it like a bedroom that's closed up, everything's closed to keep it warm. You're just breathing all night into that space. And apparently that's why so many deaths happen in your sleep. So if you don't want to die in your sleep, open your windows. (laughs) Even in the middle of winter, in our ensuite, we have a window. And even in the middle of winter, that window is always open. Not the windows in our bedroom because it's a little bit chilly, but the bathroom window is always open. Just put another blanket on. This is so important just to get that fresh air. Okay, let's talk about cleaning products because this is one of the biggest areas where there's a lot of toxins, your home cleaning products. So the best thing that you can do when it comes to cleaning products is make your own because then you know exactly what is going in them. So the Wellness Mama 
I'll link to her in the show notes. She has some incredible recipes. My friend, Harry, also known as Natural Harry, she has heaps of recipes on her website and her book. Her book is called Home. And you can make all of your own products. You can grab with some essential oils. I'll link to my favorite essential oils and some vinegar and lemon juice and maybe some bicarb soda. You can literally clean everything in your home. So for the least toxins when it comes to cleaning products, the best way to do that is make your own. If you don't want to make your own, you can find a brand that is super clean and conscious. This is so, so important that you do this. A few people have said sometimes these natural products, they don't get the mold off. So let's talk about that. I literally got distracted because on my screen, I had a trade open for my crypto portfolio and I've been waiting for it to hit this price and it just hit this price and it went through. I was so happy. (laughs) Sorry. I woke up this morning and I'd forgotten about this purchase I made a while back and I looked at my portfolio and I was like, holy dooly, what's happening here? Let's talk about natural cleaning products and mold, babe. Yeah, you're right. I mean, certainly there are certain products. I'm going to be honest with you. I, in certain instances, have used something that's a bit toxic to clean some of our stone outside because nothing would lift it. And it was because it got kind of wet and damaged during the renovation. But not inside our home. Not not inside. It's not ideal. For sure, it's not ideal. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. You're in the bad book. Yeah, look, I would say... The Did you wear a mask at least? And gloves? No, I had the bill to do it. Oh, so you didn't do it? No, it was just part of the part of the process. But okay. mold a tricky one. It's a really tricky one. And it's something that you don't want. So tell them about the silicon that we used mm. in our bathroom so that we don't get mold. Yeah, it was a type of silicon that's much more resistant to mold. I wish I could tell you what it was. I'm so sorry, I can't remember. Um, I'll look it up. If, if I can find it, it will be in the show notes. Another thing to do to stop mold is leave your bathroom window open because when you leave the water in the shower in the bath, that's what's going to create mold. And we also squeegee after every single shower and bath. And it's just something we do. So I squeegee the whole thing so that there's no water left hanging around. Bleach tends to be that one that people think is really good for mold. And It might make it look like it's gone, but bleach actually feeds mold. And bleach just bleaches the black mold. It doesn't actually get rid of it. So I don't know if you've ever used bleach on the shower and then you go, wow, this is amazing. It's so nice and white. And then a month later, it's back. That's because it never went in the first place. Mm -hmm. So the Wellness Mama, she's amazing. And Natural Harry, look at their recipes. They are incredible. And I highly recommend using some of their products. Oh, not using their products, making their products. I was going to add that one of the most simple things for cleaning in the house that we've got into in the last six months or so is hydrogen peroxide. It is so freaking good. Use it everywhere, right? Um, But you've got to understand the concentration. So the best way to use hydrogen peroxide, I think, is to buy food grade hydrogen peroxide. Buy that first, which is 35%, and then dilute it from there. Now, I've posted stories on Instagram of me burning my hands with it. I didn't realize that the bottle had leaked a little bit into the freezer. So you keep it in the freezer and you can buy like half a liter, a liter, five liters, whatever you can fit in your freezer. And I kept like, why am I burning my hands with this stuff? And then it must have dripped on the floor and I burnt the bottoms of my feet 
and it hurts. Like it really hurts. So be mindful. It's actually quite, quite dangerous, but um, wear gloves and just be super careful. But what you do is just Google um, hydrogen peroxide dilution ratios. And for example, you want to make 1%. Well, that's one part per 35 parts of water and you use distilled water. So we actually have a water distiller and we actually distill water and put it into a hydrogen health benchtop unit. So it's going completely pure water in, but you want to use distilled water with hydrogen peroxide. Okay, not tap water because it reacts with any of the impurities. And you use different strengths. So you can make up like a 6% strength for bathrooms and mold. You can make a 3% strength for like spraying on your toothbrush. So we have a little spray bottle in our bathroom and we spray that on our tongue cleaners or our toothbrushes, things like that. And that will just kill the germs. Like that to me, speaking of low tox, like your toothbrush is so toxic. Totally. It's disgusting. And another detox thing that you can do is a tongue scraper. Get a tongue scraper and you do can that al- every You can day. also just brush your teeth with um, baking soda, mm. right? But sodium bicarbonate. But anyway, and 1% we use as a mouth rinse. So I'll get 1% of that, some magnesium chloride, uh, which is really healing on the gums. And I'll put in different essential oils like cinnamon and peppermint and lemon and rosemary and all those sorts of things. And Melissa loves it. It's been sitting on our bench top for about two weeks for me to make it now. Yeah. It's and he just doesn't do it. Like we have our roles in this house. I've spoken about this before. She's triggered. We have our roles in this house. Like I do this, he does that. I do this. And we, you know, we thrived on this for years. But all of a sudden, you've dropped the ball. Do you know what? <laughs> what? Do we need to have a love bubble, darling? Yeah, I think we do. Look. You've really dropped the ball. Like, okay, we've had a blocked sink in our bathroom. Yeah, because you keep using it. And I've got to wait for it to fully drain. Okay, that's an example. The bins, another example. I ask him yeah. to make the toothpaste and make the mouthwash. It yeah. takes four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say to that? Well, wh- what are you going to say? What? 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 What do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. Try. How well do you know me, wife? You say, I don't have time. I don't know. Along those lines, first of all, I'm too busy on my speedos in the beach browning my butt cheeks. <laughs> okay. This is a true story. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, right, you can easily say, oh, well, if you want more time to do things, then spend less time on the beach. No, that's what keeps me balanced and handsome. Oh, my gosh. I understand that fills you up, but... Would you not be doing it if you didn't have to come up for sleep schedules? (laughs) You'd be there too. I would probably be down there too. But look, John Gray, you need to listen to my episode with John Gray. I do. Mars and... Venus in the bedroom. You do because something simple like when your wife asks you to take out the bins and you do it straight away, you get 50 points. You know what? But when you don't do it, we were talking about this. You're in the negatives. You're in negative 50. We were talking about this other day. She had the crap. She was cracking the shits with me. And I'm like, okay, I've got a big chat coming up. I need to do some listening here. (laughs) It's not a conversation because I know just to shut up and listen. I've learned my lesson. And so we're listening and then I because you're like, she was just literally saying, I don't do anything, right? Nothing. I don't contribute anything. <laughs> so what I said. Basically, recently, I've been very profitable in certain investing things. In your crypto world? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been rather extraordinary. I'm like, darling, do you realize like how life-changing this is? And she's like, 
does not give a rat's ass, right? Doesn't matter. I'm just and, more concerned about the pin. During the conversation, I started massaging her feet. She's like, there you go, 10 points. I go, what does the crypto get? She goes, half a point. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? So guys listening, rub your wife's feet and shut up. Just, you know. That might sound John extreme, Gray. but it's John, true. John like, Gray talks not about shut up, the but points. You just got to listen and shut up. <laughs> John Gray talks about the point system. Is that yeah. where we got it from? Yeah. It was from John Gray. Yeah, men yeah. from Mars, women from Venus, yeah. the point system. to how, like, they could be out making millions and they come home and, you know, they don't take the bins out. Well, for example, that was just a really profitable trade I did during this episode. Let me just see if it's actually gone up. Or, and I've just totally Excuse me. jumped the gun here. No, I, I, it was good. It was a good call. I got it at, the, at a little All peak. Right. Well, Did I earn any points? No, no points. This, Zero. The, the bins are still not done. And the bins aren't ready to be done. <laughs> the mouthwash the mouth mouth needs silly. to be done. You need to make the mouthwash. Do you know why I hesitate with that? Why? Well, and you didn't Because get of the, the hydrogen peroxide. You didn't get the question right. How, no, do you, how well do you know me? What's the question? The question was why have I been stalling on these things? Because lately I've been complaining about all the adulting I do. I'm so sick of adulting. Like, I spent three hours on my freaking washing machine the other day. Okay, That's adulting. Guys, you do have, there's a Not level. Not three hours, of, maybe an hour. Oh, it's probably like 40 minutes. Like, and all the banking and, like, I know it's a first world problem. Like, get over it, Nick, whatever, you're a loser. But seriously. You got to adult. I'm adulting so much lately, darling. Well, I And I don't ha- want to adult anymore. <laughs> well, and you got to adult. And making mouthwashes, buy it. <laughs> No, we're not buying it. I know. We're not buying it. I get it. satisfaction when I make it. It feels really good. And I know it's good for her gums because she has receding gums. And he makes <laughs> our toothpaste, which we'll talk about in a moment as well. But let's get back on topic. Uh, what was the topic again? We're Crypto. talking about... No, wrong episode. <laughs> wrong episode. We're talking about how to create a toxic-free home. Uh, another question we got asked about is toxic-free furniture. And this is, again, something that we were really intentional about when we were buying furniture for our home. A lot of the furniture in our home was built in. So like our table is built in and that was just timber. Um, But we used for our beds, we used Natural Bedding Co. for one of the bedrooms and Samina. We have a Samina sleep system for our bed. So all of our furniture is toxic-free, just natural materials. They are both like insanely low tox, organic, everything organic, amazing materials. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. So good. And so then in terms of soft furnishings like blankets and quilts and pillows, that's a given now. You can get toxic free, all of those things, towels and organic cotton and everything. Everything, yeah. We don't have a whole linen cupboard full of cheap, nasty towels. We have one set of towels. It, they're expensive, linen, but we have one set and we invested in that set because we wanted the best. We didn't buy five or six sets of really cheap towels. We bought really nice ones that didn't have any chemicals and dyes and things like that. So, Well, this is something which the Barefoot Investor, uh, Scott Pape, talks about. I want to get him on my podcast. I've been trying for about four years. He's totally out right now. He's taking time out and he's with his family. So, But I will just say, One thing that we loved that he spoke about is, you know what? It's okay to actually spend a bit of money on some nice things that you really, really appreciate. And when we look at our bedding and our towels, like this might sound freaking 
first world shallow, but it does bring joy. It does. They look beautiful and they're clean as a whistle. That's another thing. Like we don't have uh, five sets of. We've only got one set of towels. One, one set. Of, yeah. One set of each, and we're going to have to wrap this up for now. I'm going to say one more thing quickly. If you can think a bit vegan with pillows, because down pillows, I don't know. You are sleeping on feathers that have been plucked from a little animal. So we want to be mindful of that for sure. The pillows we have are actually vegan. At a pinch, maybe you can do like a hemp and wool potentially because wool, not killing anything. So that's a really, really important one to think about when selecting a pillow as well. And I don't know, maybe you can sleep better knowing that you haven't actually taken a life in the process of propping up your head. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. I love having Nick on the show. It's so much fun. We are both buzzing for hours after we finish recording. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and got so much out of it. And if you did, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for any new episodes. And come and tell me and Nick what you got from this episode. We both love hearing from you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. <laughs>